very easy to for your brain to go like on a runaway train, mm-hmm. um, but you can stop it. Yeah, you know, you have the we all have the ability. Even just sometimes acknowledging it stops that train a little bit, and it's not to say that it won't come back, but it's again flexing that muscle of life. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years. And I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Before we jump into this episode with Amanda Lopez, I just wanted to remind you to RSVP and get your ticket to the event that I am hosting on May 26th in Miami. It's going to be at The Pen Project, a female-owned art gallery in North Miami, and it is called Let's Get Financially Lit. We're going to have five female speakers from the finance industry give us tips on how to build more wealth and situate ourselves in the best way possible financially. So go get your tickets if you haven't done so already. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Amanda is a childhood friend of mine. A long time. Long ass time. And um, she is a master of social work. She just graduated. She is a certified alcohol and substance abuse counselor. So this is really exciting. Okay. So self-comparison. So this morning, uh, when we were sort of like touching base about meeting today, I had mentioned to you that I posted something about, well, I guess I need to give context. So I moved to Miami about a year ago and I have been told many times since being here that I should get breast implants, right? Because I've been around almost, I wouldn't say almost everybody I've been around has implants, but a lot of people that I've been around have, and it seems to very frequently be a topic of conversation and, um, not just specifically implants, but like being in Miami, you notice a lot of plastic surgery, like you notice butts and you notice noses and you notice everything. And so it just occurred to me the other day that like so many people are investing so much money, even if it's not plastic surgery, it's just all these different now techniques of like cool sculpting and like massage techniques to like shape your torso. I don't even know. Body. Like things. Yeah. All of these things. And people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in their physical body. But when I, you know, a lot of times I will have coaching intro calls and people are very surprised at how much I charge for my coaching. And, Oh yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is what personal development costs. Like this is what you would pay for therapy. Like this is how much this kind of thing goes for. And people are so much more willing to put money into their physical body than they are in their head or their personal development. And it's just, it's something that I, I'm just noticing and it's an interesting topic. And then you mentioned in our last conversation, self-comparison. Part of the reason that I think we are 
spending so much money on our physical body is because of self-comparison. A hundred percent. And I think it's so much more, it's just so much more out there now. I mean, you see those, we've sent each other those memes where it's like, this is how I used to dress when I was in seventh grade. And like, then it's like a seventh grader now, you know what I mean? Like it's, we didn't have social media back then. And I think it's, it's a, it's in our faces every single day, all day. Right. And so it's, how can you not self-compare, you know, you can't, you can't, it's so difficult not to do that. And I think you and I have both done a really good job of tailoring our Instagrams to follow people that we feel like will be more positive or that align with our values. Yeah. And it's still difficult, you know? That's something important. And I feel like people don't do that. No. In terms of tailoring your social media, your TikTok, your Instagram, whatever you're exposing yourself to, I think when somebody sees a post And it's this person who, I don't know, whatever it is, like maybe it's this person with a perfect family, right? Mm -hmm. Like beautiful husband, beautiful wife and beautiful, like alien, alienly perfect looking, um, little two children, whatever, whatever the case is, um, you know, like, cause I'm divorced. So that I remember that is something even now, sometimes I see those photos and I was just like, that's not real, (laughs) you know, like something like that. And so. But I think most people don't realize that when you keep seeing things like that and you keep feeling bad, that it's just a click to remove that and you don't have to see that Mm -hmm. anymore. But like, I feel like people subject themselves to this, like these little pinches of pain. Yeah. Thinking that it's not affecting them or thinking that they somehow have to be subjected to this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cheap hit. You know what I mean? It's because it works, right? We get that little serotonin boost of even though it feels bad, your brain doesn't know it's bad. It just knows that it's something that's making you kind of like pay attention and like, ooh, I should blah, blah, blah. Like I should be this person or, you know, your brain doesn't differentiate between one or the other. And so, you know, you still get that, that, that little hit and that's why it's addicting. Not to get into another Why do we get (laughs) serotonin? Why do we get serotonin when we see something that ultimately makes us feel bad? I was going to say it reminds me of like why people self-harm, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think people, this is a very extreme example of that, but it's, you know, when people self-harm that they're either in so much pain or they're so numb that they just want to make sure that they feel something. Yeah. Well, and it's also like a control thing, right? Like if you're in so much pain from things that you consider to be external, if you're causing yourself pain yourself, then oh, it's yeah. giving you some kind of relief because That's you're in control part of it. Yeah. That's so interesting. But yeah, I, I was listening to forget which podcast, but it was a, a podcast about jealousy. Mm. And the person said, you know, self-comparison is like the precursor for jealousy. Okay. Which I thought was really interesting because it kind of falls into that you have and I don't have, and that's making me feel a certain kind of way. Right. Which ultimately has nothing to do with that person. It's all you. Right. Yeah. Which is when we were talking this morning, we were talking about, you know, you were nervous that people were going to 
say something to you about, you know, oh, like that you just that you might disagree with plastic surgery or something like that. And I was like, one, that's not even really what you're saying, but two, that's their own insecurity about what they've done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think insecurity is such a big part of self-comparison for sure. Yep. And insecurity is the reason a lot of us, and I'm not speaking for everybody, you know, but so, um, insecurity is a reason that many of us will get plastic surgery is why many yeah. of us spend the money we spend on our physical body. Yeah, it's wild. I feel like you or I are like less inclined to do something like that. Yeah. Not that I would ever judge you if you did, but like, why are some people to the extreme and some people are just kind of like, whatever it is, you know? Well, that, that really makes me think of society because my ex-husband is from Venezuela. And so I'm very familiar with their culture and with, you know, I, I've met a lot of Venezuelan people. Um, <laughs> and their culture is very supportive and encouraging of plastic surgery. Right. And compared with where I've grown up in New York and Virginia, very American, we are less encouraging of plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's where I specifically grew up. So like if I had grown up in California, probably wouldn't feel that way. Right. It's almost second nature. It's like getting braces in Venezuela. Yeah. It's like getting a boob job. Like people get boob jobs at 16 years old. And they've wanted it since they were 12 and like, they've just known, or like the parents have just known that they're going to get it, you know? Oh, that's what I'm right. going for her 16th birthday, you know? Oh and so it's just society. And it, it makes me think about how human beings adapt. And then you stop kind of evaluating, you stop analyzing to see if you actually agree with things because you've just been so conditioned that this is what's normal. This is what's accepted. Yeah. Um, and so then you don't even question it. You're like, yeah, okay. Like I could get my nails done or I could get fake boobs. Like, why not? <laughs> right. And I think it's just, you know, societal norms of, of where you, you grow up and who you're around and like, yeah. what is normal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we didn't grow up with people doing that stuff. Right. And yeah. if they did, I feel like plastic surgery, like wasn't that advanced when it, you know what I mean? Back then. So it was like, if you did, it was like, dangerous you know it was very like he looked like a cat and like you know what I mean like oh it was very God. stereotypical plastic surgery back then so it was kind of yeah. like I don't look like that like you yeah. know Ooh, no and as I think about it too like growing up I just I don't think I ever knew anybody who had it like any I mean I'm sure I did as a kid like I'm sure Probably. Some of my parents' friend, maybe somebody had a nose job I don't know I'm sure people had it but it was never something that was talked about it was secretive. And I think we just didn't have the language for it back then. You know yeah. what I mean? Again, because of the way that our world is right now with everything so accessible, I mean, kids know what all that stuff is now. True. We had no idea what that was, you know? Oh, my daughter knows. My daughter right. knows. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody because. will walk by with like a huge butt <laughs> and she'll be like, that's not real. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. <clears throat> it's scary. It is scary because my ex even told me like we were in the car and I was joking and I, cause I, I think I had just had, I was telling him about a bad date that I had. And so I told him, no, I'm gonna have to get boobs, like fake boobs so that I can find a boyfriend. I was 
<laughs> joking. Like sort of. I mean, I've been single for a while, so maybe at this point it's not really. Good, but, no. but like, I was, I was joking, and I was like fishing for him to be like, "No, of course not. You're great the way you are. You're like super hot, right?" That's what I was fishing for. No, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you should." You should have texted me. <laughs> I would have given you what you wanted. <laughs> I'll always text you from now on. It will always be. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's an investment. It's an investment. It's first impression. That's it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, but he's the father of my daughter. So when my daughter is 12, 13, 14, and seeing these women on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, which she's, you know, she doesn't go on TikTok if I can prevent it but like that's what you see you see like 14 year old girls dancing super sexy on tiktok and so when she sees this and then you know at 14 she tells her, her dad that she wants boobs what's he gonna say he's gonna hope say, he would talk to you first <laughs> he's gonna say okay like when you're 16 okay when you're 18 yeah it's completely okay. normal right for my daughter then she's being conditioned that it's like totally normal yeah. And I think the way it's kind of, a, it's a, again, like a catch 22, like we've come to a point where there's like not really shame around plastic surgery mm-hmm. and like making adjustments to your body in some kind of way. And I think that can be a good thing, but absolutely because, it, but it also increases our awareness and, you know, our, our kids, they just, they don't have the context and they don't have, their brains aren't even fully developed. You know, they just don't really know like how to place that in their minds. And so they see it on like a very elementary level mm-hmm. and that, that can be dangerous too. So it's like kind of, I guess it's kind of a good thing that we have an increased awareness about it and there's less shame around plastic surgery. Cause I mean, get whatever you want. I don't care. But like, to your point, it's like, well, are you really doing the work in other ways? Right. Like, are you doing these things? Are you making these investments? Mm -hmm. Because you feel like you have to meet a certain standard. Yeah. Are you doing this? What would be another reason though? I mean, unless it's a medical reason, what would be another reason? If you can't look in the mirror and love your nose or your breasts or your ass, is that something that should be fixed externally or is that something that should be fixed internally like what causes you to look at yourself and not feel love towards whatever you're seeing yeah acceptance towards whatever you're seeing yeah self-comparison I almost I mean this would never happen because of the society that we live in but I almost wish that they made you like do like intense therapy before you got plastic surgery or like made you like you know like you had to go on some kind of self-discovery like to try everything else before you know because I you know I think sometimes people would have a different outcome if they just sat with themselves for a little while yeah. And honestly, like it's so I'm as you're saying that I'm thinking like I have nothing against big fake boobs. Like it's not about no. that. It's just They're about that. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, I mean, like I am quite entertained by a really big <laughs> walking by me. 
Like I'm yeah. always man, yeah. woman, neither of those things. I'm super <laughs> into it. Wow. This is amazing. So it's not about that. It's just about that. We're choosing that route as like the easy way we're choosing to put a bandaid, a very expensive bandaid on our internal wounds with these external solutions. Mm. That's, that's what yep. I have a problem with. And it's not even that I have a problem with the people who are doing it. It's I have, I have a problem with the whole system that causes them to believe that is the solution. Yeah. And it takes a really strong person to, to navigate it all. Yeah. It's difficult to navigate all this imaging and the messaging that we receive. It's yeah. not easy. Especially after a fucking pandemic where that's all you're exposed to yeah and you're like wow i'm sitting in my ass in my pajamas i should not i should be doing something cheeto, else cheeto dust all over my face <laughs> looking at this this hot ass bitch on instagram yeah yeah it makes you feel like shit yeah you know it also makes me want to eat more cheetos i have cheese yeah. balls in the cabinet i'm gonna go get those after this <laughs> those are the better kind. i hate the dry kind of cheetos like you know the like the fire ones or like the ones that are not puffy oh really I like the puffy ones better than like they're oh I I have loved ones. for both yeah no I mean I'll eat them both if you put them in front of me honestly but um <laughs> Cheeto <laughs> is the sponsor of this podcast <laughs> <sighs> yeah and I, it's been hard for me which is why I am not on social media right now oh, not just the body yeah. stuff but I think it's like a lot of different things because I am a person that like kind of lives in self-comparison. <laughs> Coming out on the other side of whatever the fuck this year and a half was, I look different. I feel different. My life is different. My career is different. There's a lot of things that have changed significantly. And, you know, it's hard to find yourself when you're just looking at everybody else. Oh, because, that's good. Like, it's really hard to know what ideas are really yours. Yeah. And what, even when I look back at, like, my business, yes, obviously it was something that I wanted to do then, but looking back at it, it's like, did I want to do it because everybody around me was doing something and I felt like I had to do something? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I developed a little bit of, like, a paranoia around it of, like, what is real? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do I think? What do I need what does my body need and I couldn't even hear myself Ugh. because I was scrolling all fucking day and night that is exactly why I'm on this like identity exploration it's yeah. for that reason it's like who am I what in in the identity that I hold here like what is artificial and what is authentic like yeah what, what was there when I was born and what has yes. been added since then and to like yeah. weed that out. But that's so, yeah. What ideas that we have, what opinions that we have, what thoughts that we have are original and mm -hmm. are ours. And what are just things that we've heard and we've been told we have to believe and yeah, been told that we have to be like to get through the days. Yeah. Like I think I just lost my point of view Yep. and that was really alarming to me, you know? And so I mean, it's not to say that I'll never go back to social media. Will I go back to it in the same way? I don't know. But I just know that I needed to, like, put it down because it was just, like, too many messages at once. Yep. In all of the categories. You know, 
body image, career, relationship, politics, like everything. Like I'm just like, I needed like a hard stop. Yeah. Because it could, it could drive you crazy. I think when you're in your thirties, I think you're like stepping into your womanhood at that point. Yep. And you just want to know yourself. And I was like, well, I don't fucking know myself at all. I thought I did. But it's been a long year of a lot of different things, message-wise, in all categories. So I was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) That's the hard thing with being an entrepreneur now is social media. Because, like, now that's the way you market. That's the way you connect with your audience. And so it's like you, you literally can't like Mm -hmm. disconnect and if you disconnect I mean you can you can hire somebody else and that could be a form of disconnecting right if you unless you're not like if you're not doing that then you have to be on social media and you have to be engaged which sucks Mm -hmm. it sucks because you can't you can't take a break no it's very difficult to upkeep I think it is yeah there's some people I'm sure that thrive but I'm not one of those people because then I would go places and I know like and I noticed this a lot more when I became when I came off of social media like in the first couple weeks I would be doing something like kind of cool or like be somewhere where I wanted to take a picture or like record it or like show people and I had a moment where I was like I guess I can't show people because I'm not on social media and then it's like what does that mean you know what does that mean about like how like addicted I am I guess to other people's approval like hey I'm doing this cool thing like look at where I am you know what I mean like who are you if they don't know if they don't know what you're doing yeah yeah and that is a weird thing it makes me think about kids now Mm -hmm. because they didn't we grew up in a time where like we didn't have this at one point you know what I mean and those people are becoming fewer and fewer as like, you know, people are born in generations and generations. So I'm like, I wonder if children now will be able to have that wherewithal to like step back if they need to, you know, like I just, I'm curious. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, like you even mentioned being addicted to social, right? Like, yeah. And that's how I feel. Like I, I'll be sitting on the sofa. My phone won't ping. My phone will make no noise. It'll be sitting face down, and I'll just, like, instinctively, I'll just grab it and start yeah. like going on it. There's yeah. nothing, nothing that even called me to it. It's just if it's not in my hand, <laughs> it feels like something's missing. It's an impulse. And yeah. so if that's me, and like you said, we grew up most, you know, like the formative years without. Right. If you right. had grown up with this in those years, the years that everything is being programmed, your basic functions, basic systems are being programmed with that. Yeah. And how much harder is it going to be to not have that next to you, not have that in the room? Yeah. It's It's, going to be impossible. It's wild. That's scary. That's scary. Because again, like we said, like, like, who are you without being connected to the entire world? Yeah. And in a way, you know, when you are on social media and you're posting or doing, you're on a stage and it can be performative. It's so, probably 90% yeah. of, of us are performing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess time will tell, but it's just an interesting thing. Cause it's like, what will our world be like then? You know, like, I don't know if 50% scares 
or maybe more than 50%, but it, like 50% scares me a lot just because I, I can't see it, you know, and I can't predict it. So I guess that yeah. the uncertainty is what's, what yeah. scares me by it. But then I also believe that people are going to rebel against it because just like you said, being in this pandemic and you missed community, you missed being around people, you missed that energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think most people feel that even if they don't quite understand it, I feel like yeah. they feel it and they have that hunger for it. So I feel like half of people are going to like rebel against that and create stronger communities and more social opportunities, you know, to be out and yeah. meet people. I, I hope and I believe that. Um, I knew, I know for me, I've been making 10 times the amount of effort to like get out and meet new people, but that's also, that could be from other circumstances. Yeah. We went off on a tangent. (laughs) Just to close it, close it down and bring it home, bring it full circle. So (laughs) self-comparison, what are some things that you have done during the pandemic, things that maybe you continue to do that have helped you stop self-comparison one of the things is you already mentioned is you have taken a hiatus from instagram yeah that was really recent um like very i mean we're not post pandemic but very much like post lockdown it sounds cliche but like moving your body Mm. is was a big one for me Mm. moving my body that was huge even when i didn't really want it even when i went through periods where I was maybe only working out like once or twice a week. You know, that was definitely something that that sa- that got me offline. But then also it, it helps you connect with yourself. And it also gives you confidence. Like I'll yeah. exercise for 10 minutes and I'll look in the mirror and my body will look to me somehow. Yeah. It's more tight. Yeah. You're like, ooh, look at those arms. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's this hat, bitch? Yeah. But I think, yeah, and you know, I think you have to let it too. I think there's some people that that have trouble with that. Mm -hmm. Um, They have trouble with sitting in their own minds and in their own consciousness. And again, a whole other conversation, but you know, there could be pain there. There could be trauma there. There's there's reasons why people don't want to sit in that. And I think sometimes when we're working out, we're like forced to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, and in not such a uh, intense way as like a, like, traditional therapy would be but like you know when you're working out like I work out a lot in my head when I'm working out you know what I mean (laughs) like but you have to be willing and open to doing that too okay so moving your body took a hiatus from Instagram is there anything else that comes to mind when you're trying to not self-compare this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before but about having those like different tools in our arsenals to kind of like help us through. Um, a big one for me, which I've learned through just following different like meditation. Do we call them gurus? Like who are they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mentors. Yeah. Um, like teachers I'll say is like a big one has been thought stopping. Hmm. Um, and it's not a way that you avoid your thoughts. Like you have to have the intention of like, okay, not right now, but I'm going to deal with this later. And so I think getting quiet with yourself builds an awareness of how you're thinking. And it's been a couple of years of building that, of flexing that muscle and practicing. And I'm not a master by any means, but it's now it's kind of natural. Yeah. 
and a part of my brain structure to notice when I am feeling in those self-comparison thoughts when I'm in the thick of them because it's very easy to for your brain to go like on a runaway train Mm -hmm. um, but you can stop it yeah you know you have the we all have the ability to even just sometimes acknowledging it stops that train a little bit and it's not to say that it won't come back but it's again flexing that muscle okay I noticed that I'm doing this and then I don't know sometimes I'm like we don't have time for that right now you know what I mean like or whatever phrase that a person wants to choose it could be a mantra it could be anything Mm. that's kind of helped me a lot I've taught it to a lot of my clients as well and I think the people that really practice it and utilize it are you know reaping a lot of benefits from it because self-comparison comparison is never going to stop yeah it's just like any other negative emotions just because we're you know, a little bit more open-minded or enlightened, or we know ourselves more, or we're on a spiritual journey, or we're on a self-development journey. We're not devoid of negative feelings and negative emotions, right? So it's like, we just got to learn how to deal with them. Yeah, that's good. And it's a practice. I think it's important for us to, to really accept the fact that like, we just can't get rid of them completely. So it's more, it's like almost having compassion Mm-hmm. Words, yeah. The you, the the sort of insecure, maybe the child or whatever part of you that's like having those feelings to kind of sort of separate yourself, right? You have like maybe the more enlightened part of you that can mm-hmm. notice that, and then just like passion yeah. to that part of you that feels insecure. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's easy to thought stop and be like, "Oh, you're so dumb. Stop it." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, no. It's got to be more on the kind of Okay, babe, you're doing what you need to do, right? Like you exercise 30 minutes today, pat on the back. Good for you. And like, yeah, you're good. You're good. You don't need that. You're good. Yes. Yeah. hundred thousand percent. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm so excited that we finally did this. I know. It was so much fun. It's really, (laughs) I fucking love these conversations. (laughs) I love them. Um, and so before we get off of here, I want you to just put your Instagram up here for those of the audience who want to connect with you. Sure. It's at underscore. Let's go all in underscore Instagram. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. We will definitely be love doing you. this again. Love so you. Proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Congrats on graduating, being a master in social work. <laughs> I'll see you soon. I mean, I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Wow, we talked about so many things in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you resonated with this episode, please like it, review it, and share it with your friends. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for being a listener. I so appreciate it. If you have not heard already, I am hosting an event in... Miami on May 26th at the Penn Project, which is a female-owned art gallery in Miami. It is called Let's Get Financially Lit because we are going to hear five female speakers from the finance industry give us advice on how to be financially well, how to improve our financial situation, and how to go about building more wealth. So if that's something you're interested in, please head over to the show notes, find the link, and go RSVP and get your ticket for this event. If you have friends in Miami, send it to them. They might want to go. 
Thank you so much. Have a great day.